Welcome to the Exercises for Everyone podcast, where we talk about all things related to exercise, regardless of having limitations or not. Our guests provide information, insight, and inspiration to get you moving and keep you going. My name is Wendy Kleinke, and I am your host. So let's get started. Welcome. So I'm thrilled to have Jenny Richardson here with us today. Jenny is a heartbreak expert, and she's going to share with us um, a little bit about how exercise has not only impacted her life, but also the lives of her clients as well. Jenny, welcome to the Exercise is for Everyone podcast. I'm thrilled that you can be here with us today. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Jenny, I'd love for you to start anywhere where you're comfortable, um, you know, sharing with us, but I'd love to know a little bit more about your background and, you know, how exercise came to be a part of your life and just, just tell us how it's been, how it's affected you. Yeah. Um, Well, I think I was always very sporty in school, um, but I was never very skinny. Um, I wasn't particularly overweight, but I, I loved exercise and things like that but but I wasn't a naturally slim person um and it was when I got to university and I got into exercise just for fun rather than doing it to lose weight um and and that's when I found I I kind of hit my natural weight and throughout my 20s I kind of exercised just so I could eat what I wanted, basically. I love food. Um, I did eat healthily, but I also had quite a big, healthy appetite. And if I exercised, I found I didn't have to think about what I ate or pay too much attention to it. Um, but I think for me, the the biggest shift came was when I had children in my um, late 20s, early 30s. I had two children quite close together. And I found then they were both girls so I, I was very conscious of not wanting to pass on any kind of toxic um, food issues down to them. I wanted them to see me eating healthily, not skipping meals um, and exercising and be fit for them. Um, and I found that gradually throughout my 30s that that became more important to me than the external appearance that for the first time I was focusing on, I'm exercising now to help me stay healthy mentally. Because when they were very young, they didn't sleep particularly well. They were very early risers and I was sleep deprived for, I think, for most of my 30s. (laughs) And and I found the exercise uh, gave me time and permission to take time for myself. Um, and and I did that mainly, like I said, for my mental health. I found I slept better. Uh, it regulated my appetite. I was happier. Um, and yeah, so for me, I think a big part of that time was learning that it was okay to prioritize myself. And and exercise kind of gave me that that reason to do that and to make that effort to spend time on me. Because I think when you're a new mum, particularly, it's very easy to put your kids and your family at the very top of the list which you know is right but you but it can mean that you also neglect yourself a little bit um so yeah that for me was the was one of the biggest things 
That's amazing. How did you find time to exercise with two very young children? Like, how did you find time in your day to do that? Yeah, I think I think initially when they were babies and they were having naps during the day, um, I I prioritized it during that time, um, and and I also I kind of made time in the sense that on the weekends when my husband was home. Um, I I had an hour to go and either go for a run or go to the um, the pool for a swim, um, and if ever my parents came over, it was like, do you mind if I just have a quick hour, <laughs> you know, to go and um, go and have some time to me? And they were really supportive of that, so I was lucky. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Do you is that normally how you would participate in exercises like outdoor activities? Um, a bit of a mix, I think in. In my 20s, when I was working full time, I was very much a gym bunny, as we would call it in England. So it was weights. I was lifting weights and um, sort of doing CV stuff in the gym. And then when I had the kids, I've always been a member of a gym, but I was finding that I liked getting out. I, I got more into running just because it was so convenient. I could literally step outside my front door. I could go for a three mile run and I could be back home within 30 minutes um, and then showered and all of that within like an hour. So it was it was like a really efficient way of exercising um, because we are all short on time, aren't we? And I think one of the big reasons um, perhaps people don't prioritize exercises, they think it's going to take a long time. And so for me, it was something that I needed something convenient, quick, cheap. <laughs> all of those boxes had to be ticked. Um, and yeah, and, and I think committing to it because um, making it a priority, even when you don't feel like it, um, was kind of really important. I, I do remember when I was uh, when I was working full time and you've had a full day at work, I would be driving home and I'd be thinking of all the reasons to not go to the gym. <laughs> and and my, my mantra at that time was always just go. And if after 10 minutes, you still don't want to be there, then leave. You're not like committing to doing a two hour workout, but just go. And if it's not feeling good still, then you can you can go home and you've still done 10 minutes more than you would have done. And I can't I think without fail, I never left after 10 minutes because by then the kind of the feel good hormones are circulating a bit more and. Mm-hmm. I've, you're already in there and you changed so you've got over the first hurdle and it's very much like well I might as well stay and even if you do 20 minutes half an hour it's better than going home and not doing anything and um, I definitely found that a huge lifesaver um, because I struggled a bit with depression in my 20s and um I don't know if you want me to go into this, but I, I struggled with depression. I was on um, antidepressants for kind of, I don't know, I'd want to say like maybe four years. And um, and there's so many side effects that come with those. I don't have an issue with being on them. And I do think they're a good support for people that need them. But I found that when I added in the exercise and committed to doing that regularly, that made more of a difference than the tablets did. And that's something that I've just kept up sort of throughout my whole adult life, really. Yeah, I love that you've brought that into the conversation because 
um, like you said, you know, it, it is necessary sometimes just like it's necessary to regulate your blood pressure. Um, but there are definitely times where exercise can take the take the need for medication away. I mean, mm-hmm. in a lot of instances. So I, I love that you've brought that into the conversation. You know, it's funny that you were talking about how if you just do just 10 minutes and if you just go, it'll be better than, you know, not doing anything at all. And mm-hmm. this morning, I actually found myself a lot shorter on time than I wanted to to be, you know, like I was running late and mm-hmm. having issues this morning. And I thought, gosh, it'd be so much easier to just sit here and drink my coffee <laughs> <laughs> than to go to the gym. And I just told myself kind of the same thing. Like, you know what, Wendy, even if you only get in 20 minutes, it's going to be 20 minutes that you didn't have before. So you might as well just go ahead and do it. And yeah. so I did. <laughs> Yeah. Normally I have, a, you know, like a, I really like to spend a lot more time, but I got it in and I, I took the 20 minutes to doing the type of exercise that I usually dread and avoid and told myself, well, you can just do that and then you'll have that done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's and I think as well, it lifts your mood for the rest of the day. I find I, I generally find I prefer exercising at the beginning of the day. I mean, everybody's different, but I prefer exercising a bit on an empty stomach and um, and doing it first thing in the morning um, because then I get the benefits for the whole day. Um, and I find it just I don't know. It just makes me it makes me feel better. It makes me prioritize other healthy things throughout the day as well. Um, so yeah, I, I love it. But I also think actually interestingly what you said about just those um, like even a 10 minute commitment. I think sometimes people imagine that they've got to do, you know, like an hour or and if they can't do that, then there's no point. Mm-hmm. And and I think, well, something is better than nothing. And I think taking away that idea that you need to do it perfectly which can sometimes stop you even starting something, you know, or starting a good exercise routine. I think if you just say, I'm going to do this imperfectly, but I'm going to do it consistently, imperfectly, <laughs> it kind of, it makes you take that first step and continue to take the next sort of step every time. So yeah, I can't, I can't sing its praises enough. I think when I, when I don't exercise, I notice a big difference in my mood and yeah. And just all the other choices. I think it kind of is like a catalyst for making lots of other healthy choices. When you prioritize your mental and physical health, I think everything else kind of just slots into place. I would agree with that. You know, I, I find that you start thinking about things a little bit differently, um, even w- when it comes to how much water you're drinking, Um you, you just become a little bit more mindful of it when you've gone through the activity. I, I would agree with that. And, you know, you be, become a little bit more mindful of whether or not you're going to eat a cheeseburger versus, you know, a healthier option. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you've just worked all, you know, you've done all that work for it. Yeah. So yeah. You're, you're making all those healthy decisions. Do you really want to take the two steps backwards by <laughs> having yes. milk? whatever yeah because I remember when I was younger I would sometimes exercise in order to have something you know like a big cheat meal or something like that and 
And it's been so liberating for me to get rid of the idea that I exercise to make my outsides perfect in some way. Yeah. Because I found that quite toxic in terms of my mindset in my sort of 20s. I was very much into controlling what I ate and how much I exercised just so that it would, you know, that I would look amazing in a bikini. And now I realize that is just like the least important thing in the world, um, you know, and that you take care of the insides and the outsides just take care of themselves. Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I find that when you're focusing on the outside, the damage that you're doing on the inside um, kind of prevents you from getting there because of stress. So when you're putting a lot of stress on yourself, yeah. you know, regardless, your your body is going to respond to stress, um, no matter what type of stress it is, in the same way. And one of the biggest stress responders is the hormone cortisol. Yeah, and cord- too much cortisol floating. I mean, cortisol is not a bad hormone. It's you know helps with inflammation and. It, it, it's a good hormone, but when you have too much of it, it does weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's all about balance, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. So if you've got too much of it floating around, it will actually, you know, make you hold on to weight because your body thinks that because you're stressed out. So, yeah. um, you know, stressing yourself out about what your body is looking like, I, I find it actually has like kind of an opposite effect. It doesn't really help yeah. you. And regardless of what your body look like, looks like, you can't enjoy it if you're in that stressed and obsessed state. I think, um, you know, I appreciate now what my body can do. It's been through childbirth a couple of times um, and, um, and different sort of health issues and things like that. And I think I appreciate it now. So I, I thought you had mentioned something about exercise and how it helps to manage anxiety. Yes. Um, we talked a little bit about depression, but I would love for you to kind of go into the anxiety aspect of it because I think that kind of goes hand in hand with stress. Yes. Well, I was going to say that actually when you were talking about cortisol, I'm not, I'm not um, medical or anything like that, so I'm not sure what the hormones are. But certainly when I had anxiety, um, yeah, it's that feeling of like panic. Um, and, and I would say, I mean, it wasn't, I wasn't having panic attacks, but it was just like low level anxiety constantly. Um, and I'd never had anxiety before. Um, but my husband died in 2016 and the grief, I mean, I've not, I've not experienced grief, so I can't compare it to anything else. But for me, there was the sadness, but there was also this kind of crippling anxiety that came with it. Um, and for me, particularly in those first six months, I was running like three or four times a week, which is more than I would normally do. And I did it first thing in the morning. And it was a way of like processing all of that energy out of me because I, I couldn't settle. I couldn't sit still. Um, and it gave me time out of the house to think because I think when you're doing any sort of exercise the exercise I'm drawn to is either running or swimming which is very repetitive and particularly with swimming you um, you're kind of counting your breaths so it's quite meditative as well and controlling your breathing and all of that kind of thing which is so helpful for anxiety 
But um, I think those kind of fight or flight hormones, which I think is that's what it's certainly what it feels like. If you're exercising, you're actually burning those off in the most natural way that you would if you were actually in fight or flight in real life. You know, um, if you had a, a tiger chasing you, you'd be running and you'd be burning off those hormones. And that's what I found. It didn't get rid of it completely, but it made it manageable sort of every day. Um, yeah, I just I couldn't sing its praises enough. I don't know how anybody gets through grief without it. I, I just wouldn't have known what to do. I have to tell you, it's really interesting that you brought up the tiger analogy and the breathing as part of the exercise. I have an, a woman that I know that specializes in breath work, and she goes through a whole thing about the stress um, trigger and the human inability to turn it off and how she uses breath work to shut that off. So it's interesting because I'm sure that you don't know her, <laughs> um, but it's it's interesting that you bring that up because it's definitely using your breath work and using breathing exercises to regulate stress and anxiety is a very real and prevalent thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, I... I um... I, I don't suffer with it quite as much anymore, but some days you just wake up and you have that feeling, or I do it in my chest. And it's like, yeah, a run will help because it takes the focus off what I'm feeling. And it kind of like my body naturally regulates it, the breathing, um, and it allows my mind to wander and process things, I think, that are going on in the background. Um, without the intensity of sitting down and I don't know journaling it out or talking to a friend about it it kind of it's almost like a a sorting mechanism that goes on in the back of my head while I'm doing other things and you're kind of in like a flow state when you're exercising um that is so helpful yeah wonderful I love that so Jenny I know that you are a heartbreak expert um, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about how, you know, you kind of coach your clients about how to take better care of themselves and the, the role that exercise plays in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I think um, when I, whenever I'm working with a client, if um, during the course of working together, I become aware that they're not exercising or even moving their bodies every day it doesn't have to be running and swimming and lifting weights um, just getting used to going into their body and prioritizing feeling good just for themselves I think is such a powerful place to start when you're healing from any kind of heartbreak and and I get women that are at the very beginning stages of a heartbreak so in that very intense phase um and a bit like when I was grieving that's what helped me and I really do I'm a big proponent of that I would really um you know urge my clients to spend that time on themselves but I think later on when those first stages have kind of healed and it's not quite as raw it is just then about learning to love themselves and prioritize themselves 
without needing that sort of external validation from anybody else. It's like, take, like I said before, taking care of the insides and the outsides almost always take care of themselves. I think it's so important that because I think people sometimes when they've been in a relationship, they've they've got so used to it being in a couple and existing like that, that they've grown to neglect themselves. And, and then especially when a, when a relationship ends, they're then in a in a bad place because they haven't got those healthy habits um, to kind of carry them through. Would you say that some of the people that you work with are really having to not just start including self-care into their regular routine, but really like taking care of themselves? Do you find that they've neglected more than just exercise? I think so. I think I think we all go through stages where we can fall into bad habits in terms of not prioritizing ourselves um, and growing and learning about ourselves because we change. I mean, the person I was when I was in my early 20s is not the person I am now. And the things that I enjoyed doing and exercise-wise um, and my attitudes have changed to exercise. So I just think when you've been in a relationship, um, you get – I don't know, you can get stuck um, and your time is taken up with the other person. And sometimes, um, I mean, these relationships haven't always been healthy and happy ones either. And they've adjusted to what their partner wanted them to be. And I think when they're on their own, there's a massive and brilliant opportunity to dig deep back into finding out who they are, um, what they enjoy, and doing things just for themselves and not to please somebody else. Yeah, yeah. I I would totally agree with that. You know, I mean, and really sometimes it's kind of hard to get into that kind of mindset when you have so many things to do and everybody needs a piece of you to kind of carve out that time. Yeah to take for yourself because you're not really going to be at your best if you, if you don't, you know, yeah. and you can't really give your best if you're not at your best. Yes. It's all that, um, that analogy of, you know, in a plane, if it's going to crash, you've got to put the oxygen on yourself first. Um, and I think particularly for women, that is very difficult. Um, the idea of putting yourself before other people, feels very selfish and I don't know whether that's society conditioning us um you know women are seen as nurturers and things like that and I think the best thing that we learn to do is learn to be a little bit more selfish yeah yeah you know you had mentioned um that you've kind of always you know been doing movements like you were played sports when you were younger yeah and you know, through your 20s when you kind of battled with the depression, how did you make the connection that exercise was benefiting you and your your mental state? Like, where, how did you, how did you, how did you come to that conclusion? Yeah, I think because, um, because I was already doing it to a degree, I'm, I'm trying to cast my mind back now, I was already exercising, but at that point, I was exercising for kind of to look physically better, for very vain reasons. And um, 
and then I, that was that was it because when I was when I was suffering with depression I, I got quite a tight chest as well and um and I real and the doctors thought it might be asthma so before they diagnosed the depression they were giving me inhalers because they I, I was complaining of this tight chest and but I said but when I go to the gym I feel better and that was when the penny dropped for them that this wasn't a physical problem i.e I wasn't actually struggling for breath, that when I was exercising, I almost forgot about the tightness in my chest and felt better afterwards. So I think that for me was something that I kind of figured out on my own because I was already moving. And then the the more I did a bit of research into depression um, and I noticed in myself then that I had been having quite a low mood for for a number of months um, and never quite got to the bottom of why that was. But that's when I did a bit more research and it was like, oh, it is a real thing that depression um, can be helped as much by exercise as it can by tablets. Um, and and I certainly found that to be true. And I preferred it as well because it was more natural. You don't want to take tablets if you don't have to. Um, and I found I needed both um, uh, over, over those years. Um, so, yeah, I think it was just a natural conclusion that it was something that I noticed in myself that I just felt better. Would you say that that experience perhaps prepared you to deal with the grief of your husband passing? I mean, it kind of sounds like you just dove right into the exercise almost immediately. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it felt just very natural to me that I could sense that I needed to move. And I think... In those early days um, and months, I think it was, I don't know, from the outside, it would probably look like I was over-exercising. But for me, it was just something that I had to do. Um, And it got me through the day and all of that stuff. It helped me sleep better because I think when you're grieving, I think, um, and I would say this counts for the heartbreak as well, is that the, the women that I work with, I say they're grieving too. They're grieving for the end of a relationship, and your uh, and your sleep can be really heavily affected by that. So I think if you, when you exercise, you your appetite is regulated better, and your sleep is. And I think when you're a bit, a bit like if you've got children yourself, when they're well fed and they've slept well, they're really easy to look after generally. <laughs> And, and we're the same as adults, you know. I think if we prioritise um, eating, sleeping, and exercise, kind of a lot of other things fall into place. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and it's kind of a little bit of you know the chicken before the egg, like which comes first. But you have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in in my own humble opinion. It's easier to get up and move than it is to change what you're putting in your mouth. Like, and I'm not saying that you you shouldn't be eating healthy food. I'm I'm just saying that movement habits are easier to establish and begin than breaking older habits. If that makes any sense. Yes. Yeah. So, I know. I know what you mean. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And I think because when I think when people um, are, are dieting and trying to restrict food that feels like deprivation whereas exercise 
there's lots of different ways you can exercise. I mean, I've said I've, I've obviously I did weights a lot when I was younger, but now I swim and I run and I do yoga. Um, and I think, you know, but there's so many other ways that you can exercise. And actually walking for me, um, I found walking really good. Um, and, you know, anybody, you know, most people can walk. Um, but I think finding an exercise that you can actually be excited about and enjoy doing and then kind of almost pledge to exercise and only exercise when you enjoy it. It's, you know, I think it's it. it I think if you're doing it and it feels punishing, then it's, you're probably doing it wrong. You've probably picked the wrong thing. You know, it's funny. I have worked with clients as a personal trainer for many years, and it has always been my philosophy that exercise should be somewhat enjoyable. Like it should be, there should be a bit of a challenge to it. Like it shouldn't feel like a gravy train. Like you should definitely be challenging yourself a little bit. But if you're not enjoying it at least somewhat, then you should be trying something different because that means that that mode of exercise is not for you, you know, and there's something different out there that you might like better, you know, um, I'm a big believer in finding enjoyment in exercise and it absolutely can and should be enjoyable. So I love that you've brought that up. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and as well, trying to instill that in your kids as well. Cause I think, you know, I got so much enjoyment out of like team sports when I was younger. Um, but you know, once you leave school, it's, there's not that organization around sports that there is when you're in school and I think so it's really important to instill I find to instill that in my kids is let's find something that you enjoy you know whether we can do it together or whether it's you going off and doing a club but finding something that they enjoy so that they've got something a good foundation for the rest of their life. Well and you've you've kind of touched on another point that I love to talk about is community when it comes to exercise and, you know, exercising with other people, it definitely, in my opinion, ups the level of enjoyment. There's absolutely some people that prefer to just exercise in solitude and that they use it as a a means to deal with their mental stress. But there's also a lot of people that exercise in order to interact with other people. Yeah. Yeah. to classes and things like that, um, it can really help people because, you know, we're social creatures as well, you know, and it can really be a nice way to keep that social component, especially with a lot of, you know, like how you're working from home. A lot of people are working from home and will continue to do so past 2020 and pandemics and all of those other things. Um, some companies are going to keep their people working from home. Yeah. And exercise is a great way that you can manage your stress, get you know, get away from your work, but also interact with other people. You know, like like you said, like the kids have organized sports and it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> so not only are they moving and, you know, doing good things for their bodies, they're also having fun with their friends. Yes. Yeah. And I think then it takes the focus off this is exercise and this is something that, you know, something else you've got to do in the week. It's like this is just fun. 
you know that's what that's how that's how kids start exercising by just running around the park and things like that so I think the more you can kind of harness that energy that kids have around it and then implement that into adulthood um, because I do find that there's there's been times when exercise has just been something on my to-do list and um, and whilst, like I said, I do it because of the, the mental side of things for me, I've, I, I love doing it from that point of view. Um, I haven't always enjoyed the process of exercise. Um, I would say certainly with running, I'm not I'm not a runner that like, yeah, I'm, I love going out for a run, but I certainly love how I feel afterwards. Um, but for me, things like swimming and yoga are things where I actually enjoy the process. And so there's times when either one of those will be useful. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I can't always find a yoga class that I can do, but if I can't do that, I know I can go for a run. Um, and there's time and place for both of those. So I think that's so important that people just experiment and have a little bit of fun, find the exercise that they enjoy. Like for me, I've got like quite a mix of different exercises that I can do depending on my mood and what time I've got. and um, things like that and so I think the more different types of exercise that you can draw on that you know that you enjoy um, I think the better because I think you know for instance with COVID if you know if I was only doing yoga um, and my yoga class finished when when we went into quarantine it was like if that was the only thing that I enjoyed doing um, then I think I'd have struggled to cope in those first few weeks of lockdown but because I knew I had other things that I could do and like the swimming pool shut so I couldn't go for a swim um, but because I could run um, and I managed to access a few yoga things online and things like that so I think the more um, variety that you've got in your exercise the better as well it just stops you getting bored doesn't it yeah you know and I think just kind of being open to trying things that you haven't tried before and trying not to discriminate against, you know, certain types of activities can really make a difference too. You know, my daughter asked me to go to a spinning class the other day and I don't love high cardio. Um, I, I like slower paced exercise and I used to run, you know, many years ago and I've gotten away from it and I, I don't love the cardio and I went to it anyways because she's 17 and she asked me to go and it was something positive. And I feel like when your 17 year old daughter asks you to spend time with her, you do it. So, <laughs> yeah. so I went and it, you know what? It really, I had a nice time. It, it was more fun than I thought it was going to be. And, um, you know, I'll probably do it again. Yeah. So yeah. I, I you know, being open, you know, to trying different things too, and, and recognizing that things that you used to love may not be prevalent anymore. And that's okay. And that that doesn't mean that you have to just stop exercising completely, you can certainly find something else to do. Yeah, yeah, a different way to move your body. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think it helps because I know one thing that um I used to do general life coaching before I got into the heartbreak and relationship coaching. And a lot of people, um, we would we would end up talking about motivation um, to do exercise or to complete any goal, really. 
And it's like motivation comes and goes. So at the beginning of a goal, your motivation is like super high. And, you know, you go to the gym three times a week and you're you're eating really well. But when that motivation naturally dips, that's when you stop. But that's when you really need to dig in. And that's where you've got to have that commitment as to why you're doing it. So for me, like I said, that that why has always been quite strong in me since I made that connection in my 20s between depression and it making me feel better. Um, And I think you've got to have a really good why for why you're doing it. And that's when you that that commitment then allows you to establish those really good routines. And so I know that I will exercise not every day, but I will exercise every week because I know that that's what's good for me. I know it makes me feel a lot better and I'm a lot more positive and calm after I've done it. So I think finding that why is so important. So is that part of your work? Do you help women find their why, like why they should be taking care of themselves? Is that part of it? Yeah, I guess so. Um, You know, um, not, I, I guess that's not why people sign up. But it's certainly one of the things we work on is that learning how to prioritize themselves and that that's okay, I think is a massive part of the work. I think for anybody, whether they're heartbroken or not, I think I think all of us could do with um, prioritizing ourselves a bit more. I don't know many people that prioritize themselves too much. (laughs) No, I don't know many (laughs) either. And to be quite honest with you, I, I don't know that I know a single woman who prioritizes herself above all others. Um, I, I, I know women who will make themselves a priority, but I don't, I don't know a woman who prioritizes herself above all others. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even though I've said all of this stuff today, there's still times when I have slipped and I yeah. thought, yeah, I think for me, exercise is usually the last thing to slip. Um, but if I'm injured or because I've just had a period where I, I hurt my back uh, and then I had a chest infection, it seems like a lot of things have come one on top of the other in these last few weeks. And so the exercise has slipped a bit. But even when I'm not well, there's still some things that I prioritize. And it's the last thing that goes for me, the the exercise, um, just because it's such a, a natural part of my day. Um, but yeah, I think, I think learning to take care of yourself is like one of the most important things because it sets such a good example for how other people treat you too. And that's something that I work on with clients. If you don't prioritize yourself and take care of you, it doesn't show a lot of self-worth and learning that skill, um, is so helpful for everybody and it shows it shows my kids how to look after themselves as well and it shows other people how to treat me so I think if you if you look after yourself and prioritize yourself then other people follow suit yeah I would agree with that and I I do think that you're right on especially with the children because they're looking to you to show them how show them the way you know and when they see you doing it then they want to do it, you know, um, and not always, you know, they, sometimes they don't always get the message, but I do think that that's right about how 
people treat you the way that you treat yourself. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I definitely found that. And um, and I think uh, with my clients, that is a little bit triggering to hear that. I think that you that they're actually treating themselves as kind of like an afterthought. And then they they wonder why a relationship, why a person also treats them as an afterthought. And that can be quite hard to face, but I think it's such an important piece of the work is that actually where are you not prioritizing you? Where are you not treating yourself well? And when you figure that out, then then the relationship side of things do fall into place. No, but I, I think that it's a very interesting point that you talk about how, you know, how you're treating yourself is reflective. It just, it, it came to mind something to me that was completely unrelated to exercise, but time. And I found, um, you know, in fairly recent history that I didn't respect my own time and therefore the people around me didn't respect my time either. Yeah. And when I, and I started getting angry about it and when I when I realized that I wasn't respecting my own time and I was you know not not taking care of my own time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely found that as an example with like business and I'm sure you're the same is that there's times when people message you sort of outside of when you've designated your working and you check it and you answer it and then they message back and it's like well yeah you didn't respect your own time so of course they didn't they think you're still open for business and so I think for me establishing boundaries around time when I'm working and when I'm not is has been really helpful. That's been where a lot of my growth has been this year. Because I think in the early days, you just, you work whenever, whenever you can fit it in. Um, And now it's like, no, now it's about restraining and setting in those boundaries and when you want to be working and when you don't, because that's going to be, have a real impact on your health longer term if you don't get that in place now. Yeah, and I think really kind of holding yourself accountable to whatever kind of boundary you're you're trying to set for yourself or others, it definitely is going to start with you taking the initiative, whether it's to take care of your body or manage your stress, um, you know, and and really kind of protect that time, right? Pr- protect yeah. your time that you're going to spend taking care of yourself or spending time with your family or, you know, exercising or practicing meal prep or, you know, better habits. However you want, you want to want to do that. I think it's important that you take that initial step and that you realize that you really have the power there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as well, just accepting that you're not going to do it perfectly. I think allowing yourself to do it badly and imperfectly um and then and then you're a lot more compassionate and forgiving when you know when like with exercise certainly when you miss a day or um you don't um you don't stick to a commitment that you made or something like that I think if you've if you've established that I'm not going to do this perfectly I'm not superhuman and that when you fall off that's okay you just hop back on it's all part of the journey 
Yeah. And you know what comes to mind when you say that to me is practice. And it's a very um, a common term used in yoga as you talk about your yoga practice because you're mm-hmm. practicing it. And when you practice, it doesn't have to be perfect. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've never, I've never thought about the use of that word before. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I practice yoga often. And that was something that was brought to my attention many years ago was that it is a practice and you're practicing and that doesn't, you know, you have to practice to get into those higher arching moves and those more complicated poses. Like you have to continuously practice in order to be able to do that. You can't just jump right into it. Um, because it's a practice. Yeah. So like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Very good. Jenny, this has been a wonderful conversation. Yeah, and thank you. Yeah. And I know, thank you for coming on. I know we have, um, you know, listeners from all over, you know, you, you do really interesting work. So I would love for you to share with us if someone was going through, you know, a, a grief or a, a tough heartbreak, and maybe wanted to talk with you about it, how would they get in touch with you? Yeah, they can find me on Facebook. I'm uh, Jen Richardson Coaching. And um, there'll be a, there's a button on there where you can message me directly. Um, I'm also there on my private page. I put a lot of posts out on there, and that's Jenny Richardson. But obviously, my name is quite popular, so <laughs> it's a bit easier to find me with my business page, which is at Jen Richardson Coaching. Okay, wonderful. Well, this has been lovely having you on today. I really appreciate your insight regarding, you know, your experience with depression and anxiety and grief and using exercise as ways to, you know, deal with, you know, mental health issues. Yeah. Um, So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Well, thank you for having me. It's been great fun. Thank you. One more thing before you go. As a fitness professional, I have a great love of exercise and a passion that there always be a space for people to get together and enjoy the types of exercise that they love. If you're interested in learning tips and strategies to help you build a fitness community of your own, please join us on Facebook. We have a free group called The Lifted Community where we talk about these ideas. Just search The Lifted Community on Facebook. I'm looking forward to seeing you there. 